get started. I'm actually excited about um, this week's message and it's and and the study. And it's I say funny, but I don't mean like funny, haha. I mean it's always amazing how I'll be reading different things and they just happen to talk about things that we're going to talk about that week, you know, and I love when our, when our uh, Torah portion and what's going on in whatever else we're reading, I love it when it lines up and, you know, stuff like that always excites me. So um, anyway, it's just good stuff today. So uh, again, if you could pray for us while we're camping, there's a joke that Jews don't camp because of the 40 years in the wilderness, but oh. I end up getting dragged. I end up getting dragged out there every so often because my kids love to camp and so I have to take our 10-man tent with a separate room in it for, like, our bathroom and stuff. And then I, I have to have a blow-up air mattress. And so some friends are gonna, going up to have a, a generator on their truck, so they're going to blow up my mattress for me. And so I, I, don't, I don't camp rough. <laughs> where, where are you going? Um, up by Woods Canyon Lake. Yeah, we have a tent with a, a bathroom that you can enter from so the outside. that door to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're actually right across... We're right across the walk from the bathrooms, so I may not need it this time, but... Do what? <laughs> Burn it. <laughs> That's funny. That's funny. Do what? It's north and then kind of shooting over towards Payson. So it's about two and a half hour drive. You, t you get up to Camp Verde and then you shoot east for a little ways. And it's called, it, we're, it's going to be, it's near Woods Canyon Lake. We're actually going to be at, at a specific campground right near there because that the, the campground by the lake was full. So we're going to be a little bit away. And it's funny because we camped there years ago. And my friend who, who kind of picked the place and set it up, we're like, okay, can you walk to the lake? And she's like, oh, yeah. And I said, can I walk to the lake? <laughs> because she's, you know, likes a lot more act outdoor activity. And she goes, actually, it's been quite a while since I've been there. I don't know if I can still walk to the lake. I should probably, <laughs> I should probably not be so quick. She's like, we're relatively near the lake, and we'll see what we want to do. But we're going to the lake, so... She's actually driving her father's truck up so that everybody can have kayaks. So yesterday we were all threatened that people better use the kayaks because she's going out of her way to get them up there. We're like, okay, we'll use the kayaks. <laughs> That's right. She's like, don't make me regret this. But, uh, but yeah, it should be fun. So what else can we pray for you guys about? Anything? School starts Monday. School starts Monday. My school starts Monday. Your school starts Monday. We already started our school. Yeah, the kids' school is Monday. Oh, your school. Start literally your school. My school. My, my okay. School, I have to drive there and get learned. Me, me and yeah. are embarking on new adventures. Are they good? At, are they yes. adventures you can share? I said Shanti's in it, so it's, it's great. Well, I know, but I But I want to know if you could share it yeah, or if it was well, like secret. Um, Shanti is going to be standing out here to help me like with the podcast. Awesome. Very awesome. Oh, Stuff. So just like how you said, you wanted to, we should make a skit like that. We should. Then we're doing that. Let's do that. And I would love to have like some video stuff done of the High Holy Days when we do that. And very awesome, very exciting. I I always do. I pray for all of our sanity. It's not just you. Do you report to come back? 
She's gonna throw something at you. So, and what were what were you gonna say, Marie? For my niece, she called. She's six months and she's starting to have her baby. Okay. Oh. Oh. Well. Well, there is, if they stay out of there, she might be okay. Have, have her call a midwife and see what, what if there's stuff she can do, because she doesn't that's so early. That's so early. No, and a lot of times it can plug back up. A lot of times the bag can fix itself and they can plug back up. I don't know how bad it is, but a lot of times... And that made me, I mean, there can be lots wrong with the she baby. Oh, oh. Okay. What? Yeah. And, and what's, what's your niece's name? Chacal. Lord, we lift up Chacal to you right now and her baby. We just ask you, Lord, to, to give the doctors wisdom. Let them be conservative in their, their treatment of her. Uh, let them not put liability ahead of what is actually best for mother and baby. And I pray, Lord, that you would let this baby be protected and kept safe, that you would help her to um, develop enough that whatever needs to happen, she's safe and she's, she's able to, to make it through. But I pray, Lord, for healing and for peace and for health and for wisdom. Lord, I pray that you would help all of us in the things we're embarking on as new endeavors and in our sanity for the day-to-day -day and as our children go back to school, that, that those who are going to, uh, to, to different schools, that you would bless them, that you would prepare the teachers to be the best teachers for them, that you would help them to have good friends and a good experience, Lord. And I just pray that, that even Michelle, she would have good friends and, <laughs> and a good experience. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, keep us safe while we're on our camping trip, that you know the weather, you know what we need to take. If there's something that we need to bring, make sure to bring it to our minds so that we can pack it, even if it seems strange. Um, but Lord, I just ask you to uh, be with all of us and continue to guide us. And as we, as we navigate this month of Elul, please put on our hearts anyone that we need to make amends to, anyone that we need to forgive, and help us to examine our hearts and get right with you, Lord. If there's any area of our life that you've been... Um, pricking our conscience about that that we would be able to um, turn it over to you Lord and and explore why we're resisting you and and make the choice to submit that area of our life to you in this new year in Yeshua's name amen uh, the month of Elul is really awesome it's it's that time for examining it's the time that like I said before that uh, John the Baptist would have been saying repent for the kingdom of God is at hand because that's what was cried out at that time, and, and the mikvah was open, and uh, just purifying yourself before the Lord. And so, you know, there have been a few things that God's been kind of, you know, something will happen, and he'll be like, really? I'm like, oh, okay, I guess this year we'll deal with that. <laughs> Other things happen, and he's like, really? I'm like, fine, okay. And, you know, I was talking with my friend yesterday, and we were talking about, like, in the New Testament, how so many people are... Um, Pauline Christians, you know, they're followers of Paul <laughs> instead of followers of, of Yeshua. And, and she said, well, you know, Paul's words are a lot easier to follow. 
You know, Yeshua's words are hard. And yeah, they are. They are because they actually make you wrestle with this flesh and they make you wrestle with your thoughts and they make you wrestle with your actions. And, and, I, and yet that's so obviously what God wants us to do because, you know, we're, we're not made for this. We're made for that eternity with him. And this is that disciplining time. This, we're the children. You know, we're the ones who are having to learn the new things. and So anyway, things to keep in mind at this season. So we're in Numbers 11 today. And I love that it starts with, and the people complained. <laughs> because, like I said, we are the children. <laughs> so the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes. In other words, they grumbled to God. And when the Lord heard it, his anger was kindled, and the fire of the Lord burned among them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. <laughs> wow. Yeah, this We're isn't just, this, yeah. And, and what you got to keep in mind is that here they are. Let me get the, the chumash out so I can look and see if they have any specific notes about this. But where we are is in the wilderness being completely led by God, being completely guided by the Lord, being provided for daily by God. So, of course, it's the time to grumble about your misfortunes. Because your misfortunes are what? Yeah, everything you think God should be doing, but he's not doing. So, really what you're saying is, God, your plan for this isn't good enough. Because my, yeah, my want, I'm not getting everything I want. I want snow. Like little yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I little, but I want it. I want it. And Ronan was just saying like, last, Ronan was saying last night, he goes, the holidays here, we don't get snow. It's a desert. I said, yes, that's right. That's right. And I, and I love, because the Humish, it was, this is how they translate it. The people took to seeking complaints. I love that they took to seeking complaint. What can we grumble about? <laughs> it was evil in the ears of Hashem, and Hashem heard, and his wrath flared. And a flare of Hashem burned against them, and it consumed at the edge of the camp. That's even more colorful, you know. A flare went out and burned, like a, a visual, kinesthetic, right in front of you example of you better knock this off. You know? but, but yet it burned at the edge of the camp. It went out as a caution. It went out as a really, you know, and, and there, there are, you know, we know when we're walking into what we shouldn't be doing. And <laughs> you want something burning at the edge of your camp? <laughs> are you seeking a complaint? Come on. <laughs> yeah. Be careful what you wish. Yeah. <laughs> your liver will catch on fire. I get it. I was a plant. I was a plant. I was a plant. But it is. But you think. Maybe a burning bush where it doesn't actually burn. Just show me the way. But you think about they had all these. They had all these right in front of their face visuals and they're still not getting it. Yes. Clouds leading you and 
I know, and they're still grumbling. Yeah. yeah. I'm like water partying and everything else. I'm like, give me a clear sign of what you're I know. I'm going to go outside. There's going to be a giant whale out there. Get in my mouth. Do what I said. You get a whale. That's funny. That'd be a serious visual. Yeah. So I'm then like, the people cried out to Moses, and Moses prayed to the Lord, and the fire died down. So the name of that place was called Teberah, because the fire of the Lord burned among them. Yeah. Well, it says. Um, There's still fire going on. Yeah. Well, not as no died down. I mean, maybe embers. But now the rabble that was among them had a strong craving. And the way that the, the Humash states is the rabble that was among them cultivated a craving. So the troublemakers in your midst, it's that whole one bad apple. And the people of Israel wept again and said, Oh, that we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we ate in Egypt that cost nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Wait a minute. Did they just say that cost nothing? Yeah. No, exactly. I'm right. I'm like the fact that you said like Now, yes, and melons. Well, okay. So, yeah. <laughs> well, okay. There is a lot going on in here. Um, I I got a book. I'm I'm so excited actually because it's it's a Jewish vegetarian <laughs> cook through the year cookbook. I think it's called. Um, but I got it for one penny on Amazon. And, yeah, and it's got things about the services and things about, like, meals, recipes. So I've got this awesome thing planned for breaking the fast on Yom Kippur. It's a really, really yummy, like, a eggplant and zucchini and noodle casserole. It's going to be really delicious. Yeah, <laughs> she'll be here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I'm very excited, but it and it's but it's neat because she's got things about the ceremonies. Well, she because it's a vegetarian cookbook, and this is actually something that um, in in Judaism and in a lot of the Messianic community, people when they start studying kosher laws and, and the dietary laws, a lot of people respond to it by becoming vegetarian, and uh, it's. It's been, it's been interesting over the years to talk to different people. And one of the things that's a strong motivator and one of the things that was really in our heart, because for years we were vegan, and I'm trying to work us back to that. We, we currently eat some meat, but we can't do any dairy or egg or anything like that because of allergies. And so I'm trying to get us healthy enough. You know, Fiona's still full vegan. I'm trying to get us healthy enough to, to be back there just because some of the issues we've had. It's not that the meat's helping it. It's just that we've had issues with some of the grains. So it got to a point where we didn't have enough to eat. And so, so I let that come back in a little. And, and I don't think there's anything wrong with eating meat, but she talks in her introduction about this, how the original kosher law was eat the plants, except for the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And 
so she talks about how how Adam and Eve violated the first part of that, you know, the the don't eat the from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, but then how Noah violated the second part of that by eating the animals. And and that God said you can eat it, but that and she talks about a lot of, of rabbinic commentary on the fact that Noah's told he'll stand he'll he'll have to make an accounting for all of the animals that are eaten. And how that opened up the the um, you know, and then God restricted what animals could be eaten, how there's a lot of accountability when it comes to our meat eating. That that and there, she talks about rabbinic commentary in the Talmud that talks about um, how it is our desire to eat the meat, and God allows it but disciplines it. So it's not allowed to run rampant, that it's not allowed to take over. And she talked about this, this passage and how what the rabble cried out for was the meat. But there's even more going on here if you want to take it to a deeper level. And and I'll read this. Um. Mm -hmm. Well, they did, but that that was that was when God set. Um, yes, when God set all of that up, and that's that's what takes us into this because we've been talking about the sacrifices and they've been doing the sacrifices, and and that's a lot of what she said. You know when. What God put on it is we were not to eat any of the, the predator animals. We were not to hunt like predators, you know, because he told them you can't break the leg and you can't, you can't eat the meat uncooked, you know. So, so it, was, it was disciplining us, disciplining what you could eat, that it had to be out of the cultivated, you know, animals. And then it was portions, and it was all done as a sacrifice. You sacrificed and then ate part of the meat. And so it was about giving God what was his and then taking what was ours but there's even more going on here. And I want to read out of, um, okay, it's the next verse that, uh, okay, or next, write this section. So the manna, okay, so they're complaining that all we have is manna. Now the manna was like coriander seed and its appearance like that of delium. The people went about and gathered it and ground it in hand mills or beat it in mortars and boiled it in pots and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell upon the camp in the night, the manna fell with it. Now, one of the, the things that it says here, talking about the manna, it says the Torah now refutes the complaints against the manna by describing it. So it's not like God just gave us garbage to eat. Like, oh, you're giving us this cardboard stuff. What the heck? You know, these old crackers. That's all we get is old crackers. You know, no. It was shaped like coriander seed, a strong-smelling seed-like plant of the carrot family. Its color was like that of the bedolach, a gem identified as crystal, according to Rashi, or pearl, Ibn Ezra. Um, the Jews could gather it effortlessly, merely by strolling near their dwellings, and it tasted like a dough rich in oil. And, and I've read different things that talk about how uh, the manna was, you know, the manna was some, in some of the passages a symbol for his word, um, which we, you know, when Yeshua says, "Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God," and that uh, when they were gathering it, they were gathering according to how much they they were able to take and how much they were able to handle. And so, there's a deeper idea that they were feeding on the word of God, but there was a physical 
manifestation of it and there was a physical flavor to it and some of what I've read says it basically tasted like whatever like the, it, it suited their taste buds so it was delicious it was actually a really amazing thing but in the next verse it says Moses heard the people weeping throughout their clans everyone at the door of his tent and the anger of the Lord blazed hotly, and Moses was displeased. Now, you could get the idea that God's just an angry God, and these people are just grumbling, and he's mad that they're grumbling, but that is not how... There's more going on here. And I'm going to read the commentary here, and then we can talk about it. It says, in their family groups, um, because the way it's, the way it's uh, translated here is, Moses heard the people weeping in their family groups, each one at the entrance of his tent. Is to vent their resentment publicly, entire families gathered outside their tents and wept. According to the sages, the word families alludes to the underlying reason for their complaints. They were frustrated by the family laws that regulated permissible relationships. According to Rashi. Says this illustrates the extent of their fall after leaving Sinai. The commandments were truly a privilege, but to some of the people they seemed like an unbearable burden. So basically what they were saying was, I don't get to sleep with whoever I want. I don't get to do whatever I please. I have to, all I get is manna, and for it I have to live with these things that govern my morality. The freedom of the meats meant we had a wider variety of food and we could do whatever we want while we were eating it. That's the freedom. That's the cost. They're saying the cost for this manna is too great. And that's why the anger of the Lord blazed. You want to have sex with your sister and eat a steak? Really? <laughs> the steak how dare you that's gross <laughs> but but it is it's it's a very depraved mind that is so focused on all the things of this world that it's not appreciating the things from the Lord it's missing that the manna is a gift and it's missing that the morality that's upon you is for your good it's not supposed to be a cost. That's why the group that's complaining is described as rabble. Okay, it's troublemakers start stirring up. Yeah, I remember when we could sleep with whoever we wanted, and we had melons. You know? <laughs> it's not like it was so bad back there. Yeah, it's not like it was so bad. The heck, this manna, this easy-to-gather, freely given, nourishes your body completely, Tastes satisfying and delicious. A little bit of morality expected for it. Yeah, I don't want that. So Moses said to the Lord, and, and I this is where Moses' humanity, I just love it. So the Lord's anger is blazing. Moses is displeased. So Moses says to the Lord, Why have you dealt ill with your servant? And why have I not found favor in your sight? that you lay the burden of all this people on me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Really? It's, you know, he's, he's going to God, so do you hate me or what? You put me in charge of all these grumblers? 
I know. I'm doing my best, and they just don't even care. So, you know, Moses really needs to watch his temper. So he says, did I conceive all these people? Did I give them birth that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a nursing child to the land that you swore to give their fathers? Where am I to get meat to give to all these people? For they weep before me and say, give us meat that we may eat. I'm not able to carry all this people alone. The burden is too heavy for me. If you will treat me like this, kill me at once. If I find favor in your sight, then I, am, I may not see my wretchedness. In other words, yeah, just put me out of my, if you love me, kill me because I'm done with this. This is ridiculous. How can you ask me to deal with all this? That's right. Yeah, and he's like, I can't make meat. We're out in the middle of the desert. You brought us out in the middle of the desert. Now they want meat. What am I supposed to do about that? Then the Lord said to Moses, and I love how, pa and, you know, I love how patient God is, which yeah. tells me that when that fire came down, it was bad. It wasn't just like somebody was grumbly. It was like there was serious wickedness going on because here Moses is in God's face. Just put me out of my misery. Just kill me now. And God's like, listen, here's what you go do. You know, quit grumbling. I'm going to tell you what to do. Then the Lord said to Moses, gather for me 70 men of the elders in Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them, and bring them to the tent of meeting and let them take their stand there with you. And I will come down and talk with you there. So in other words, you know, you can share the load. It's not, I'm not going to have it all be on you. Um, and this was the foundation of the Sanhedrin. He says, I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you, and I will put it on them. And, and I, I, you know, that's, when you read that, but if you li listen to it in the, in the Chumash, it's, I will descend and speak with you there, and I will increase some of the spirit that is on you and place it upon them. So in this translation, it sounds like, okay, that portion that you have, I'm going to take from it. And give to these other people and divide it up. So it's the same size portion just shared by more people. But really what he's saying is I will in increase, you know, it's going to overflow from you onto them. There's going to be, you know, they're all going to share this with you. Uh, they will share, share bearing the burden of the people uh, so that you don't have to bear, uh, burden it or bear it alone. And to say, and say to the people, consecrate yourselves for tomorrow and you shall eat meat. For you have wept in the hearing of the Lord, saying, Who will give us meat to eat? For it was better for us in Egypt. Therefore, the Lord will give you meat, and you shall eat. You shall not eat just one day, or two days, or five days, or ten days, or twenty days, but a whole month until it comes out at your nostrils and becomes loathsome to you. Because you have rejected the Lord who is among you and have wept before him, saying, Why did we come out of Egypt? You want me? Fine. I'll give you meat. You think I can't give you meat? Maybe there's a reason I'm not giving you meat. Maybe there's a reason I'm asking you to live on manna. 
But Moses said, The people among whom I am number 600,000 on foot, and you have said, I shall give them meat that they may eat a whole month. Shall flocks and herds be slaughtered for them and be enough for them? Or shall all the fish of the sea be gathered together for them and be enough for them? And the Lord said to Moses, Is the Lord's hand shortened? Now you shall see whether my word will come true for you or not. So, really? Because I can't do this? You know, right. Well, and I, and I really think that there's an element of, and, and, and I do this, some, I've had these conversations with my children. I'm, you, you're acting like I'm not doing this because I'm incapable of it. Maybe I'm not doing it for a reason. Maybe there's a benefit for you not having this. Maybe this is something for your good, even though you don't necessarily like it. And, and that's really, you know, um, I'm trying to look in here and see if there's, what, what it talks about, they talk about the juxtaposition of the installation of the Sanhedrin with the announcement about the meat. So just as Moses' spirit could suffice to elevate all 70 men to greatness without impinging on them, so God could provide meat without straining the world's resources. You know, it's, it's okay. I think there's a combination. Okay, you're, you're, you're taxed. We'll get you some help. But even that, even they're not going to fix this problem. You can have help. That's fine. If this is too much of a burden for you, fine. I'll give you help. But this is my problem. This is not your problem. And, and this is one of the verses that, that God had on my heart when, when we were going through the season where he kept telling me, if you have an answer to a problem, it's your problem. If you don't have an answer, it's not your problem. And, you know, so I had a lot of not my problems that year because it was God's problem. And as soon as it was something I could do, he would let me know. But in the meantime, I figured, oh, God's got, God knew this was coming. He's got an answer. Nothing I can do about it. No money to pay the bills? Okay. God's problem. <laughs> I, can't, I can't do it. <laughs> so Moses, that's right. God's got it. And he always did. You know, the things that had to get paid got paid. And so Moses went out and told the people the words of the Lord. And he gathered 70 men of the elders of the people and placed them around the tent. Then the Lord came down in the cloud and spoke to him and took some of the spirit that was on him and put it on the 70 elders. Um... What verse is this? 25. Oh, and I, okay. So Hashem descended in a cloud and spoke to him. And he increased some of the spirit that was upon him and gave it to the 70 men, the elders. When the spirit rested upon them, they prophesied, but did not do so again. Now two men remained in the camp, one named Eldad and the other named Medad. And the spirit rested on them. There were among those, they were among those registered, but they had not gone out to the tent, and so they prophesied in the camp. Okay, so two of these 70 had remained behind, but they still were prophesying. And a young man ran and told Moses, Eldad and Medad are prophesying in the camp, and Joshua the son of Nun, the assistant of Moses from his youth, said, My Lord Moses, stop them. But Moses said to him, Are you jealous for my sake? Would that all the Lord's people were prophets, that the Lord would put his spirit on them. And Moses and the elders of Israel returned to the camp. So, you know, he's like, okay, so they didn't do, they, they didn't come out, but God still put his spirit upon them. That's not a bad thing. That's good. 
So then a wind from the Lord sprang up, and it brought quail from the sea and let them fall beside the camp. About a day's journey on this side, and a day... How, how bad is a wind that it's, got a, it's bringing in quail? That's some serious wind. Of course, all I can think now is that WKRP where they were dropping turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> Did you ever see that? They're throwing turkeys out of a helicopter for Thanksgiving. And, and, and yeah... I'll have to. I'll have. I'll find. I'll see if I can find the. Anyway, uh, I'll find it on uh, face on uh, YouTube. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, they thought they could fly because they were birds and they were just fly. But it, you you got to hear. I'll I'll look it up. But when we're done, I'll let you listen to it. But <laughs> but all these quail are coming in from the from the sea. Okay. Not usually where you find quail. Yeah, but God can do it. Fall beside the camp about a day's journey on this side and a day's journey on the other side around the camp. So as far as, as, long, as, far as you could walk in a day, that's how far the quail were out around the camp on all sides. And about two cubits above the ground. Whoa. A lot of quail. And the people rose all that day and all night and all the next day and gathered the quail. Those who gathered least gathered ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. And I want to see if they give us a... Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure out. 32 doesn't really have... Hmm, doesn't really have that. Yeah, it's, it's a lot. Somebody with a smartphone, look up what a homer is. <laughs> look up what a homer is. <laughs> um, so, and they gathered at least ten homers, and they spread them out for themselves all around the camp. While the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people. And the Lord struck down the people with a very great plague. Therefore, the name of that place was called Kibroth Hatava, because there they buried the people who had the craving. So I'm guessing that was the rabble that had stirred up all of this dissension. So God let the other people who were stirred up know, I can provide this, but I'm not providing that. I'll give you the meat, but the rest of that, no. No, no. From Kibroth Hata'ava, the people journeyed to Hazaroth, and they remained in Hazaroth. So there's a lot going on in there. And, uh, yeah. Uh, and what it says in, in, the, in the Chumash, it says, A very mighty blow. The instigators of the people's complaint died immediately, but the rest of the nation ate the birds for a month. Before inflicting the death penalty, God demonstrated that he could easily provide more than enough meat to satisfy anyone. So, the grumblers got to see. And that was the least amount anyone gathered. That's a lot of meat. That's like a month of paleo. That's... <laughs> 
Wow. Well, I was. It was interesting because I was talking. We went and visited our friend down in Green Valley, and she was sharing that before refrigerators, when you when you marinate the meat, like when you soak it in oil and um, wine or vinegar together, it can last for. Um, I think she was saying up to a month if it's if it's marinated right, if it's soaked in oil thoroughly. Because you have to watch it. If it if it at all changes color or starts to smell, then it's you know, you have to cook it right away. Um, but that's how they, it, it's kind of like when you make a brisket and, and that's how you do it. You marinate and you can, it can be left out on the counter as long as it's soaked in the oil. It's better to do it in the fridge. It's just safer. But, right. And they made jerky and, you know, I mean, for goodness sake, the, the uh, Mongolian putting it under their horse's saddle and they turned it into jerky while they were riding around and, they, they, that's not what took them out, you know. <laughs> it wasn't so a lot of the empty hams are just raw pork salted. Until it dried up. Yeah, so kind of turn it into a jerky mm. or marinate it to keep it soft, one or the other, hard or soft. So going to Joshua 4, Let's see, when all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, so remember they went out with the ark and the water was like back at the, the next village upriver. It kind of stopped and, and swooped up, and it was like a dam there, and, and it, it, the water just stopped, and they walked across. When all the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man, and command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you and lay them down in the place, place where you lodge tonight. So they had to get 12 stones from, from the bed of the Jordan where the priests had been standing. <laughs> then Joshua called the 12 men from the people of Israel whom he had appointed, a man from each tribe. And Joshua said to them, Pass on before the ark of the Lord your God into the midst of the Jordan and take up each of you a stone upon his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel that this may be a sign among you. When your children ask in time to come, what do those stones mean to you? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. And I love that God gives them these tangible, and there's more as we keep going, and there's been a few already, but Make a note of this. Mark this so that when your children ask, you, have, you can tell them, you can teach them, you have, an, you have a teachable moment. And, and I, I love doing that. And we do it all the time. It's, we have, you know, scrapbook pages of events or pictures from something. And our children ask, what happened there? And we tell them the story of it, you know. Or, or they say, where did we get that thing that we bought? You know, you get to tell them about the vacation you bought it on or... Or, you know, even our wedding rings. When my children were little and they would say, what is, you know, why do you wear these rings? And I would say, these are the rings that tell the world that daddy loves mommy. And I would talk about when he gave me my engagement ring. And I would talk about when he gave me my wedding ring. And it, it was a chance to teach them and to pass on our stories to them and, and to share with them. Yes. Yeah. 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 They shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. Yeah. 
And the people of Israel did just as Joshua commanded and took up twelve stones out of the midst of the Jordan, according to the number of the tribes of the people of Israel, just as the Lord told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to the place where they lodged and laid them down there. And Joshua set up twelve stones in the midst of the Jordan, in the place where the feet of the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant had stood, and they are there to this day. For the priests bearing the Ark stood in the midst of the Jordan until everything was finished that the Lord commanded Joshua to tell the people, according to all that Moses had commanded Joshua. The people passed over in haste. And when all the people... I love that. So they're doing all this. Then you start feeling sorry for the priests because they're having to stand there all the time. It's okay. They passed over quickly. You know, it wasn't like they were standing there forever. (laughs) The people passed over in haste. And when all the people had finished passing over, the ark of the Lord and the priests passed over before the people. The sons of Reuben and the sons of Gad and the half-tribe of Manasseh passed over armed before the people of Israel as Moses had told them. About 40,000 ready for war passed over before the Lord for battle to the plains of Jericho. On that day, the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him, just as they had stood in awe of Moses all the days of his life. And the Lord said to Joshua, Command the priests bearing the Ark of the Testimony to come up out of the Jordan. So Joshua commanded the priests, Come up out of the Jordan. And when the priests bearing the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord came up from the midst of the Jordan, and the soles of the priests' feet were lifted up on dry ground, the waters of the Jordan returned to their place and overflowed all its banks as before. The people came out, uh, out, up out of the Jordan on the tenth day of the first month, and they encamped at Gilgal on the east border of Jericho. And those twelve stones which they took out of the Jordan... Joshua set up at Gilgal, and he said to the people of Israel, When your children ask their fathers in times to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall let your children know. Israel passed over this Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over. Now, listen to how this is being phrased, too. Because they're telling their children, but their children will eventually be telling their children. So some of the children asking might be alive when this is actually happening, but most will not be. And yet they're being told, you passed over. This is your heritage. This is your story. You are part of the people that God saved. And I think that this approach to things is a, is a lot of what is behind the Jewish people staying connected you know, even scattered around the world, because this is this is your heritage. This is your story. This happened to you. So, for the Lord your God dried up the waters of the Jordan for you until you passed over, as the Lord your God did to the Red Sea, which he dried up for us until we passed over, so that all the people of the earth may know that the hand of the Lord is mighty, that you may fear the Lord your God forever. So, that was a whole lot of chapter about some rocks. Yeah. <laughs> that are still there. That are still there, that are a memorial, that are, that are the reminder of what God does for you. Yeah. And, and you know, we talk, I talked about us having memorials of different things, but I think it's really important when God does something amazing for your family to make a memorial about it, to, to make 
a, a record of it that you can show and share with your children. And, you know, it's because it's, it's the reminders. I, and I think that that's one of the things that helps when we're in the situations like in our first chapter today where, where other people are grumbling and we're looking around and not necessarily seeing it. You're causing trouble. Yes. <laughs> but anyway, I will bless and then, and then I will find that video. But may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord turn his countenance upon you and grant you peace. Amen. And then.